Morning, brethren. Good morning. Good morning. I might get a little louder and a little quieter. Thankfully, uh, brethren Kingsport sent that new mixer board. Came had a few minutes yesterday to her busy schedule to get it hooked up. So we'll be see how it works today. You're looking at Genesis 25. I'm going to make a reminder of this part for a few weeks. I had to be taught over weeks and weeks to do this. Uh, whenever we make our offerings, they're in the box with a, a whole board in the top of it. <laughs> That's why we have it. Uh, try to place your, your checks uh, or cash or whatever you, however you give in an envelope. You ain't got a seal on the back. You can tuck it in. And then right on the outside of it, not your name. I'm going to tell you it's again Wednesday. Not your name. I'm going to probably tell you again next Sunday. Not your name. <laughs> Just write the amount that's on there, and that way we can have two people count the money, and it's not a burden on the second one to know who gives what. I, I ain't equipped for that. Uh, never have been. Lord didn't put me in there. Uh, didn't give me that, that ability. But uh, as we can, put it in the envelope, write the amount on the outside, just the amount, and then you, you still get your letter at the end of the year how much you... You can file Uncle Sam's taxes or whatever, but anyway, the envelopes. And speaking of that, uh, there's some brethren down in Florida. I got a teacher. So I was telling Karen this morning, I saw where to start. And I said, I finally just got so backed into a corner. I don't know what to do. And I said, Lord's going to have to do it. And I'll just pray he does it. And I thought, why didn't I start there? <laughs> I got to be taught too. Brethren down in Florida, a hurricane come through, in case y'all don't own a TV uh, or, or turn on the radio. It was a pretty big one. Fifth largest one that hit the state in recent history. And uh, some of the brethren there in Apopka uh, had some significant damage to their homes. And uh, you all don't really experience this, but I do. Uh, one of them, uh, ah, it's cameras on it. I, I want to talk to them. I don't want to talk to the world. Uh, we'll take up an offering for Florida. I'm sorry, it's just, I've had the week I was supposed to have. Paul wrote to Corinth and said, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have ordered the churches of Galatia, even so ye do. You take it up first day of the week. You lay in stores as God hath prospered you that week. That way, whenever I show up, I don't have to be part of this gathering. Y'all take care of that. You gather it together. And whoever you approve will send them with your liberality to Jerusalem. Y'all gather it together. And then poor saints, he wrote, from Corinth to Rome, so it's our duty to minister to them in carnal things for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. So we'll gather together <laughs> uh, an offering over the next couple of weeks to send to them. That'll be the right thing to do. Now, if you want to go, I'd, Brother Clay sent out an email uh, to us saying, which well, is a little bit easier for them. If anybody wants to go down there and help, Southwest has tickets pretty cheap. <laughs> Fly down there and go help them. Uh, or if you want to send the money of your own accord, go ahead. Go ahead. But as the Lord prospers us, we'll take our offering up for them. All right. Genesis 25. Kind of preaching a funeral this morning. I look forward to preaching believers' funerals. I don't look forward to missing my friends, but if there's a believer that I know dearly, and I've looked in their eyes and preached Christ to them, and it's time for them to go home, and they go home, they give up the ghost. I look forward to that. 
That's a time of rejoicing. I'll close and tell you why. In the closing, I'll tell you why. <laughs> I look forward to that. Well, Abraham died. And this, I was going to preach this message second. We'll do it first. Genesis 25, verse 7. And these are the days of the years of Abraham's life which he lived. And hundred, three score, and fifteen years. Then Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age. An old man and full of years and was gathered to his people. There's much to be said here in just two verses. What we read is Abraham was old and he died. But verse 7 says this concerning the days of the years of Abraham's life which he lived. The days of the years. All those days, they added up to 175 years. But you know, we are instructed to live this life one day at a time. Do you know that we physically wake up with only today? Do you know the time is always right now? <laughs> Do you know that? Has it ever been different for you? If the Lord saved us, this is God's sheep. If the Lord saved you, you don't need to wallow in the guilt of yesterday. It's forgiven. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. They walk after the Spirit. Not they did walk. I used to walk. Not well tomorrow I'll walk. Right now. Today there's no condemnation. You got some hang-ups from 13 and a half years ago? Let it go. Get over it. Stop it. Don't worry about yesterday. And we don't need to have anxiety for tomorrow. Oh, what am I going to do next week? Oh, what are we going to do? Tomorrow ain't promised. Tomorrow's not promised. James said, Go to now, ye that say today or tomorrow we'll go into such a city and continue there a year to buy and sell and get gain, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what's your life? It's a vapor. It appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. For ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this. Or that. My father always said the days are so long and the years are so short. Boy, that gets more true as older I get. <laughs> days are getting kind of quicker too. As the years speed up, the days speed up. But we only have today. Today's the day given. And we ought to wake up in the morning knowing today's the day the Lord gave. And be thankful and praise Him having a soft and tender heart. Well, yesterday I, I was pretty grumpy. I didn't talk about yesterday, I'm talking about today. Have a soft and tender heart today. David wrote that in Psalm 95. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Some stone, buddy. <laughs> I mean, just cold stone. You ever wake up that way? Oh, if you hear his voice. You might hear about him, may hear some jabbering. Maybe that was a was that the thunder? That's what people said when the Lord spoke from heaven. Wasn't it? Was that thunder? Maybe that was a, a plane breaking the sound there. <laughs> if you hear his voice, oh, that'll soften your heart. If it's a small day, well, if we ain't got much going on today. Some of us can't do much. I know most of y'all's retired. You ain't got a lot on your plate. Well, if it ain't much you can, can do. Don't be discouraged. Seek the Lord's voice in a song or a hymn. Paul wrote to us in Ephesians 5, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always. 
for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank the Lord for that day. And don't despise the day of small things. Zechariah told us that. Who hath despised the day of small things? Might not be. Maybe I can only be kind to somebody today. Maybe I can only have a soft heart towards a brother or sister today. That's huge, isn't it? It's huge that brother or sister. Don't despise the small things. Abraham lived all of his years one day at a time, and we sure should too. We should wake up in the morning seeking Christ our daily bread and getting after it so we have physical bread, <laughs> whatever he's gave us to do, searching for his mercies that are fresh, that are anew every morning, and finding grace for today. Grace for today. For today. Today's the Lord's day. Every day is the Lord's day, but we're meeting in his house today to hear about his son. That's a precious day. That's good. We ought to give it all we got. We ought to listen with everything we have in us. <laughs> we ought to dwell on the message with everything we have in us. Go home like the Bereans and look us up. Not look up somebody else. Look this up. You don't get notes no more, but I'll send them to you one-on-one -on -one or you have to decipher them. It's like hieroglyphics. But Go look it up. Search these things out. Today's the day we're given. Abraham lived one day at a time, and he lived 175 years worth. He was old. He's old. Verse 8 says, Then Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age. An old man and full of years. Was God the Holy Ghost rubbing it into Abraham? You're old. <laughs> You're long in the tooth. <laughs> Many days. No, no. There's much more said here. This is the promise that the Lord made to Abraham back in uh, Genesis 15. Did you know that? Genesis 15, 15 said, Thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. The believer dies in peace. I can't say nothing for nobody else. The believer die in peace. And thou shalt be buried in a good old age. When you're putting that ground just like your Savior was, Abraham, you're going to be at a good old age and you're going to be at peace. People say, well, they've... This is our final resting place. But they just started resting if they're the Lord's. <laughs> They've had a foretaste. Well, now it's eternal rest in Him. You're finally with Him. This is an old man. He was at the end of life, finally. Finally. But he had been old for a long time, hadn't he? He was at the end of that race. Paul said, Know ye not that they which run a race run all, but one receive the prize. Everybody's run the race. Only one person wins it. So run that ye may obtain. Get off your laurels and get after it. That's just plain. Quit being lazy. Lord, people ain't lazy. He said, run. It's going to wear you out. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we an incorruptible. When we wake up in the morning on a new day, today's the Lord's day. We've been put something in our hands to do. Now be like those that's running the race. And run. Get after it. Do what's put in your hand to do. Paul said, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. He said, I'm running, and I'm giving all I got, and I know exactly what I'm doing it for. I'm doing it for the Lord. Brother Todd's got a good article in the bulletin. If y'all get a chance, get you one, read it. It'd be good for you. Uh, and Paul labored more than them all. It wasn't him bragging. It wasn't him being proud. He did. <laughs> he, he, he traveled more, preached more, and he wrote more than they did. But that's what was put in his hand to do, so he did it. But he got old. 
That's when he was young. He was in that season of life to do those things. That's what the Lord had in his hand that day. But a new day came, and he was old. And he wrote to Timothy, he said, For now I am ready to be offered at the time of my departure is at hand. I'm about to die, Timothy. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. That race is almost over. It gets hard at the end sometimes, though, don't it? You get tired at the end. You get winded at the end. David said, I was young, and now I'm old. It happens to all of us. Time moves only one way, and you won't always be young. And it said his years were full. <clears throat> full of years is in italics. He was full. You get that? Abraham had a full life. A full life. It seemed so boring until he turned 75. <laughs> He was old then at 75, but those last hundred years, boys, that's something to talk about. Can you imagine having him tell your life, him, him tell you his life story in five minutes? If you could just go sit down with faithful Abraham. Say, Abraham, what was your life like? That'd be something. He had a full life. He traveled extensively. <laughs> he finally made it to the land of Canaan. Oh, and he got there, there was a drought. He lived through famine. Famine. Not, well, I could eat. He lived through famine. He went through drought. He went, drove him to another continent. And he got there and he had to run in with Pharaoh. That was his own fault. That was his doing. After Pharaoh kicked him out, he came back to Canaan. Well, everything's fine now. No, he had some family trouble. Lot left. That one that worshipped God with him. He took off. He left. Then he got in a mess of trouble. And Abraham had to go to war. He had to go to war, get Lot back, and he won. Oh, what war stories he had. 318 of them. Went after four kings that defeated five kings. He just got through doing that. The battle finally won, and he observed the Lord's table with the Lord's high priest, with Melchizedek. What's something? What did he look like? How tall was he? <laughs> Tell me, Abraham. While that was happening, just as soon as that finished, king of Sodom offered him great things. I'll make you rich. And he said, you take your money and you beat it. I don't want nothing to do with you. Leave me alone. Immediately after that, he got scared. He feared greatly. He's worried about going broke. And the Lord said, fear not, Abraham. I'm your shield and I'm your exceeding great reward. The Lord spoke to him. He heard him. This whole time, the Lord's telling him over and over with everything going on, you and Sarah are going to have a son. And salvation is going to come to this earth in human flesh through that boy's offspring. Christ will come. He's going to crush the serpent's head. He's going to give his people life. He shall not lose one. Being told those promises, Abraham hated his wife. Like his father, Adam, he went into Hagar. The works of his hand. I was thinking that the other day. The Pharisees, they always trace their lineage Back to Abraham, don't they? Boy, they come short of the kingdom of God. If they'd have kept going back to Adam, the Lord might have taught them something. <laughs> they'd have went back to when we fell in the garden. Abraham had another run-in with the ruler. About this time, Abimelech, he was telling Sarah to say he is a sister one more time. But this time, that king didn't run him off. This time, the Lord saved that king. And they became friends years, years later. They worshiped God together. Boy, that's a good story. Isn't it? Look what the Lord did. About that time, Isaac was born. But Hagar and Ishmael, they had to go. What a trial. It was so hard. 
But that had some hope in it, didn't it? The Lord promised He's going to bless Ishmael. He said, I'll make him great. You send him out in the desert. Give him a jug of water. Send him packing. Then he had to take Isaac up to be sacrificed. What a triple trial that was. Abraham already went through this in a sense by sending Ishmael away. He'd lost one he loved, sent it away. And now he had to sacrifice the promised son. He had to physically do it. All the while. All the while. Thinking of the Lord that's coming. And how this is a picture of Christ having to willingly lay down his life too. Isaac willingly laid down his life. Look at that next hour. He was obedient unto death. Christ was going to be obedient unto death. You got that in your heart? And then you physically got to kill your son. And you already sent one of them away, but you got to believe the promises of God. That's a trial. That's a trial. And the Lord said, look behind you. There's a ram caught in a thicket. <laughs> you think that story he told ended on a good note? It ended on Christ, didn't it? There was some peaceful years after that. The Lord was gracious and let Abraham and Isaac and Sarah live peaceably. Live peaceably. That's precious, isn't it? And Sarah died. What grief. The one you've been married to for a hundred years is called home. Like we will. Abraham rejoiced for his beloved wife, but boy, he missed her. He was thankful for her. He was thankful she was without sin with her Redeemer. But boy, he missed her. His flesh missed her. You think in all these years, there was a time that Abraham might have thought, I want to go home. I want to be with the Lord too. Surely from 75 to, to 175, there was a point where he said, I just, I'm tired now. This race is wearing me out. I just want to go home. You think he forgot the promises of the Lord? And he wanted to either eject himself for this world or he thought this was the it. This was it. The Lord's going to kill me right now. I bet it crossed his mind. How could I imagine such things? It crosses my mind, doesn't it? Paul said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And we're selfish. We want gain. Don't we? But we forget to live as Christ. This is His doing. We're alive because of Him. To serve Him. To serve His people. That's the reason we're here. That's why He's kept us here. i got to touch on this. Suicide is wrong. And it is the epitome of selfishness. It's man serving himself. Now, that can be hard and I hate it. It's so. To leave all the troubles behind for others to deal with. All the work left to do behind for others to deal with. And add more pain in doing so. Pain for those around you. That's shameful. And like all selfish things, it really isn't self-serving. Like all things that are real selfish, it really don't help you out none. To take your appointed time into your own hands, only to escape this world's sorrows, only to find out much, much more sorrows await. Eternal gnashing of teeth. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. That's His business. That ain't my business. That ain't your business. That ain't nobody else's business. That's the Lord's business. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave. He's the one that bringeth up. If you're going to be raised from that grave, He's going to be the one to do it. It's appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Mm. 137 years old when he saw the promises of God come to pass over and over and over again. You think I made it 137 years. That's old. 
I'm going to hang it up. I'm not useful to serving the Lord anymore. I'm old. (laughs) Wait a second. Wait a second. Look at verse 1. Genesis 25 verse 1. Then again, Abraham took a wife. And her name was Keturah. They had six sons together. And those sons had sons. They had grandchildren. He's up in his 140s. (laughs) And he had six sons. Three times the amount he had before that. Six sons and a bunch of grandchildren. And he was old. Paul said, being not weak in the faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about 100 years old. This is 40 years later. Old man. One of the old writers said, after Isaac was born, Abraham was rejuvenated. I believe that to be true. You ever seen somebody saved by the grace of God? They're a new creation. There's something new in them. They might not be dunking basketballs. They might not have the ability to do something like that. But they have the joy like a little child in them. They have the eagerness to learn like a little child. That's so. It's true. What about someone that's walked with Lord 10 or 20 or 50 years or 150 years? You hear the, God, the promises of God are fulfilled. You get to see Christ exalted one more time. You get to have the gospel preached to you one more time, and that puts a little pep in your step. You have a little bit of joy, don't you? <laughs> You're rejuvenated. Have life in you. Abraham had six more sons in his 140s. What's that mean? There's a whole lot. Oh, Gil had some explanation of these names and people and he lost me he's lost other faithful preachers over the years too he didn't know what he's talking about most other people don't it means something we ain't got no light on that yet i'll tell you what it does man he was fruitful in his old age no matter what the lord is pleased to do in providence while we are on this earth his people his servants they are profitable no matter what we think they are if we're his child his servant we're profitable to the kingdom of god to his glory to our good how can I illustrate that? Y'all know Brother Gene Harmon. Lord took that ability of him to preach away. He physically can't do it no more. And so he went and sat underneath David. And you know what a blessing that is for David? Just to have that man there. Not that he feels in and preaches. He can't do that no more. Not that he does it. And he is an encouragement. He can fill in sometimes. But just that he's there. Faithful. Faithful day in and day out. Having the word. And it gets more simpler as he gets older. Lord take care of it. God provide. But David gets to look him in the eye and preach to him. I think about Brother Henry there in Rocky Mount. He went to go sit underneath Paul, his son. What grace that to him. And he, and he couldn't hardly make it up the steps, little six-inch steps, and he was faithful. I know some of you have a hard time making it here to service every day, and there's a whole bunch of able-bodied people that ain't got no excuse not coming. Faithful. Faithful. That's, that's good. That's encouraging to me. I look out and see you all look you in the eye. That's a great encouragement to me. <laughs> Serving God. There was a time Miss Shelby, she watched our children. <laughs> she's done a lot of things physically to help. Now she's on the other side of the country. You know what a benefit and a blessing she is to my wife and to me and all the troubles we're going through right now to lean on her? It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Have a word of comfort. What a blessing. That'll get sweeter as we get older. That's what happens. Right now, Kimberly's laboring 18 hours a day, seven days a week. That's hard. Sweetness will come in years to come. It will. I like bananas. 
I was accused of the day that nobody's ever seen me eat fruit. I ate fruit just when y'all sleeping. Uh, I like bananas. I don't like bananas when they're green. I don't like to eat them that way. I don't like to fry them up. don't like green bananas. I really don't like them when they're just kind of yellow. I don't even like them when they're really yellow. You know when I like a banana? I call me weird, but so I like them whenever they're real old and real dark. Got spots all over them. Why do I like them like that? I got a sweet tooth. When fruit gets some age on it, it gets more sweeter. And it gets more tender as it gets old, if it's God's fruit. Some, some fruit just gets harder and dried up like them jujubes. They turn, into, they turn into rocks, don't they? God's fruit softens and sweetens as the years go on. Paul wrote to us, said, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. You know, all of those fruits of the Spirit, they manifest in action. Love does something. Long-suffering suffers a long time, doesn't it? But every one of those is an attitude. You get that? It manifests in action the fruit that God gives, but every bit of it comes from a new nature, a new attitude. That's where it springs from, isn't it? Turn over to 92. Those that are the Lord, you... Psalm 92, I'm sorry. Psalm 92. Those that are lords, they're going to get sweeter and more fruitful as they age. And they will produce sweeter fruit in the latter years. They will. Bob, you're going to get sweeter. Do you know that? You'll be sweet someday. Each one of you is going to get sweeter and sweeter. Psalm 92, verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. That'd be a message I'd like to get out to the whole world. You want to flourish in the courts of God? You're going to have to be in the house of the Lord. He's going to have to plant you there. Those that be planted like a seed. And the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. <laughs> they shall be fat and flourishing. Why? What are they going to do with that? To show that the Lord is upright. He's my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. What God does is right. My body's breaking down and your all's is breaking down. We come in this earth breaking down, don't we? That's right. That's right. What refuge do we have? Christ is my rock. And he's righteous. He's holy. Well, that's, a, that's real simple, isn't it? That's sweet fruit. <laughs> that's sustaining fruit, what that is. Oh, that's a heart that God's done something in. <laughs> I ain't talking about the sales ad down to the grocery store. I'm talking about Christ and him crucified. What he's done for his people. How that lasts eternally. That's precious fruit, isn't it? Get more simple. I'll listen to some of these old... Pastors and I just, they're so plain and simple. I want to be plain and I want to be, I want to be a simple sugar. <laughs> I want to be plain. There's a good prayer for me and you. Turn over to Luke 13. Luke 13, verse 6.
I feel like an old, I got a fig tree at the house. I thought I killed it. Now I think it might be alive. It's haggard looking. It may make it. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that fig tree out in front of my house. He spake also this parable, verse 6, Luke 13, 6. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. And he said to the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? Why is this even planted in the ground? Why is it there? This is wasting nutrients. Kill it. Cut it down. That one dress that dresses the vineyard, he answered, said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig it about and dung it. What's that mean? I'm going to go out and put some mulch around it. I'm going to put a berm around it. That way all the water, even if it's just a little bit, will be put to good use. It'll catch all the water. Let me ring it about. We got to do that here. I mound everything. I come from where it's wet and my tomato plants are suffering. <laughs> Every time I plant something in the ground, I mound it up. Shed that water. Oh, this here's a desert where fig trees grow. You got to dig down a little bit and put a ring around it. Let me dig it and dung it. What's that? We need to see us. We need to see what we are and we need to smell what we are often. Lord has to dig our ears so we can hear what we are, what dung we are, what dung our righteousness is, all them good works we had. It's filthy rags. When we're showed that, when we're ringed, we've got our bell rung, and we're dunged, we see what dung we are, we'll bear fruit. That's when the fruit starts growing. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that shall cut it down. <laughs> If the Lord exposes sin, what's the first thing the Holy Spirit convicts us of? The sin we are. Convicts us of sin. We start seeing Christ's righteousness. What's that? That's called fruit. <laughs> that fruit's going to be old and say, He's righteous. Judgment's done. It's finished. Back in our text, Genesis 25. Abraham had a full life. It was busy. It was action-packed, wasn't it? But it was also full of something else. Genesis 25, verse 8. Then Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man and full, full of grace, full of tenderness, full of long-suffering, full of love, full of thankfulness. Thankfulness. Lamentations 3.22 says, It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I'm full of faith. That's how he died. Believers die full of faith, full of the faithfulness of Christ, full of looking to Him. We'll see next hour. He left it all to Isaac when he did this. You take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. <laughs> if today's all we got is today. Take your burdens to the Lord. Leave them there. Give them all to Isaac. What happened after this long day-by-day -day life was full? Verse 7 says, And these are the days of the years of Abraham's life, which he died, lived a hundred, threescore and fifteen years. Then Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man and full, and was gathered to his people. You have a ghost. You have a spirit in you. And it's going somewhere. That's proof right there. That's all. What happened? Well, we just wormed food after this. This one verse is good enough proof. 
Lord said so. He gave up the ghost. What's that mean? You got spirit in you and it's going somewhere. The end's coming. For the child of God, what happens to them? I don't want to talk about what happens to those that don't believe God, those that spit in his face all, their whole lives or pretended like they worshiped him. What happens to God's people, those that he saves? They're gathered to our people. When the believers die, we are gathered to our people. Back in Genesis 15, 15, it says, you're going to be gathered to your fathers in peace. Does that mean his physical father? No. No, his spiritual fathers. <laughs> Not his physical fathers. We don't leave our family and leave our lives here. We go to our life. We go to our family. Abraham closed his eyes and sleep here. He was present with the Lord. He said, hello, Job. <laughs> hey, Rahab, how you doing? Jonah, good to meet you. He was with his family. He was gathered to his family. Some people said, what about the body? Are we going to be spirits floating around? <laughs> Paul answered that bluntly. He said, some, will, some man will say, are the dead raised up? How are they? What, was, what about the body do they come in? He said, thou fool. <laughs> he said, God giveth it a body which hath pleased him. And to every seed his own body. What am I going to be like before the resurrection, but after I die, if it's a big span? Whatever pleases the Lord. And to the child of God, that's a good answer. That's all I need to hear. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. Well, that place will be just fine. If he's the one preparing it one. Well, what happens then? Then there's a funeral, wasn't there? Verse 9 says, And his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in a cave of Machpelah. We remember that, don't we? Double. Received the Lord's hand double. Machpelah. In the field of Ephron, the sons of Zoar, the Hittite, which is before Mamre, the same place he was buried where Sarah was buried. The field which Abraham purchased of the sons of Heth, there was Abraham buried and Sarah his wife. There was a funeral there. Isaac and Ishmael showed up. Uh, we haven't heard of Ishmael in a long time, have we? Just like the multitudes, he showed up to save face. He showed up for himself. It's not written that that son returned after being cast out into the desert and begged for mercy, was it? Father, I'm sorry. I mocked your true son. Have mercy on me. Let me be a servant in your house. Let me feed the hogs. Did he do that? It's not recorded, is it? Not once did he plead to just show up for services. I won't say a word. Just let me come here. you preach. Please, Daddy. You're the only man preaching the gospel in this part of the world that we know of. I'm going to come here. you. I won't say a word. I'll sit in the back. I'll leave some services over. He didn't come petitioning that, did he? But he sure showed up during a funeral. Oh, I was a pallbearer for Abraham, for daddy, or whatever else he could exalt himself for. People curse God's people and, and, and his preachers their whole life, whole time of their life. And the second they die, boy, show up with ties and good cologne on at the funeral. Oh, that's so sweet. I loved them. They're in a better place now. Hogwash. I told you I'd end it. Well, I'm happy about a believer's funeral. See what testimony. We're the epistles, Paul said. We're his epistles. We're the Lord's epistles. We're a testament to Christ and him crucified our whole life is. And whenever we leave this world, he was oh, it's such a shame. We might be sad over some things, but for believers, that's good. That's good. How does the word, the word of the Lord reference the death of a believer? It's blessed. Blessed are they that die in the Lord. It's precious. It's precious in His sight. And Paul said it was gain. 
to die is to gain. That's how the Lord describes the death of a believer. (laughs) It's blessed, it's precious, and it's gain. And whenever he sees fit, he'll do that. But what about us? (laughs) Whether it be our first day believing, or this is the day of today, or our last day on this earth, or anyone in between, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. All right, let's pray together. Father, give us our daily bread today. Lord, be gracious to us today. Be merciful. Forgive us of our sin today. Allow us to see your forgiveness. We can get over our guilt and our anxiety and see Christ who bought us with his own blood. Make us fruitful, Lord. Ring us, dung us, and allow us to walk through this world today not with a hard heart, but with a soft heart, loving as we have been loved, showing kindness as you've been kind to us. What a wonderful example you've given us in our brother Abraham. Our, our shortcomings are all about us, Lord, but allow us to run the race you've given us. Thank you for this day. It's in Christ's name that we ask it. Amen. All right.